They're playing our music, Trey. Dude. They're playing our music. And and it's Friday. Dude, it is, it is. Friday. It's the oh, freaking weekend. Day to get here. It's the freaking weekend, and we're about to have us some fun. Oh, yeah. So I want to start our Friday off because it was a long week for us. We we went hard last week with our teams in the playoffs mm-hmm. and things like that. I want to share something with the because this may be in the annals of history as one of the greatest motivational speeches ever. One of the best pep talks ever. Go ahead and run it for the like, folks. Yeah, let me go ahead and run this for everybody. I will never quit drinking. Mm. I will never quit drinking. I will always make sure that I can keep my body healthy enough so that I can always drink. I love seeing a sunrise with a cocktail, seeing a sunset with a cocktail, having friends walk into your house with a bottle of wine, getting on a plane. Can I get you something? Double jack on the rocks, lots of rocks. I love the moment someone says, hey, we should get a drink, and, you, and you're not supposed to. That feeling, it's like a first kiss. You don't get that first kiss when, kisses when you're married. You get to have those first drinks. At a brunch, someone goes, should we do mimosas? And then the waiter goes, actually, we have bottomless mimosas. And you're like, this is going to be the best day ever. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, man. Dude, I want to run through a wall right now. That... Oh, man. The great Burt Kreischer. <laughs> that got me so hyped. The Dude. Al Pacino inches speech has nothing on him. Nothing. Nothing at all. You, you know what he said that was important, though? I'm going to stay healthy enough so I can drink. Healthy so enough he so has I can his drink. priorities in order. He's going to work out with the one motivation, the one outcome. He's going to work out just enough so that he's okay drinking. Hey, you know the videos of like like Ivan Drago and Rocky Ford, and he's on the treadmill, and they got all the wires pumped to him. He's on there with the beer helmet. Right. <laughs> just, just running. Just Oh, just running. Dude. But in honor of Burt Kreischer and that amazing speech, we're going to get our weekend started off. Let's go. It's Friday. Shall Why we? not? Shall we do a little a little bit of naughty water? I got oh, you're already my tequila. They say if we're talking about staying healthy enough, tequila is the healthiest of all liquors out there. What I was told. It's happy hour by the time this is airing today. So yeah. Let's get happy to the happiest of hours, my guy. Cheers. Cheers, my guy. Oh, yeah, it's warm. I don't know about down there. It's cold up here. And that just made all my insides feel good. Well, it's kind of cold down here, too. It's like 45, a little wind. Like, I had to put on a jacket today. It wasn't cool. Weren't you outside playing tennis? Weren't you just outside playing tennis the other day? I was was cold playing tennis. It was a little chilly. I couldn't couldn't wear shorts. You know? You're getting soft. No, I've gotten soft since I've gotten down south, man. I pride myself, a Midwest guy from Indiana, from Fort Wayne, repping Fort Wayne, Indiana, by way of Northwestern University, played in Pittsburgh. So I've I've been in all the elements. In the frigid. I appreciate the seasons. But moving down here in Atlanta with these knees, and these ankles, these <laughs> it's good for the are, joints. It's good it's for the so joints. Good. So good not to have um, what you're having up in uh, Columbus. Your um, head coach, Mike Tomlin, had a press conference. We'll get into that. We I have another clip I want to play. We're going to talk some college stuff. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we've got games this weekend. But before we get into the, the nitty-gritty of all the sports stuff, I wanted to ask you. So I'm at the radio station this morning. Mm-hmm. 
um, my other job, <laughs> the other thing that I do for money. Okay. But I'm there, and so I get in there early as all can be, and I got to run to the printer to get something off the printer. And this is like, I want to know like some of your most, and I'm gonna tell you mine because this isn't embarrassing, but it could have been embarrassing. And I was in such a vulnerable way. Okay. So we have random bathrooms throughout the building. There's four radio stations in our building. Uh-huh. And right outside my radio station, there's a bathroom, but it was occupied. And then there's a couple other ones, but there's one like mixed, like big bathroom that like you can't shut the door and lock on the way to the printer. So I was like, okay, I'll just hit that one then. Going down there, there's a urinal in there. Um, I go in there, go to the urinal. And I'm standing there doing my thing and my pants just drop to the floor Ooh. like midstream, <laughs> midstream. And it's the group community bathroom. And I'm like, Oh, Oh, it's, just it's like seven 45. Yeah. Just cheeks oh, in the geez. air. And I'm just like, and man, it's the time, so they're just pale cheeks. Just <laughs> pale. No, no, no bronzer. There's no bronzer on them, <laughs> but, uh, I'm, you can't stop midstream, ladies. You don't know. You don't know the plight of being oh, midstream God. and having to cut off. You can't pitch it off. There's mm-hmm. no such thing. Mm-mm. And you three cups of coffee deep by this point at seven forty-five in the morning. And yeah. I'm just sitting there like, God, I hope nobody from sales or one of the other radius. If you walk in, you're just getting ass all in the face right now because the the urinal is like literally right next to the sink, and I'm just standing there. Just luckily, I made it out unscathed. Nobody got a glimpse of the goodies. And, uh, but I was just sitting there, I was like, man, that might be one of the most vulnerable positions I've ever been in. Thank God I wasn't in prison. And, oh, uh, you didn't drop the soap. Oh, oh that, that's what I, that's what that was, what it felt like. It was, that's what hmm, it felt like. You were just okay. vulnerable. I was just exposed. Just, and it was one air. of those, it was yeah, and it was air. one of those, like, it wasn't like one of those quick, like, okay, get in and out, seven second peas, you're out the door. Oh, it was <laughs> one of those, like, you're you've been holding it back for 40 minutes enough, huh? <laughs> you're standing there like when are you gonna stop when's it ever gonna end and yeah so quickly so, pull, drop down pull the pants back up but i guess i need to eat a little more i need a little more ass i need a little more cake back yeah. there because they Do just fell down do some squats yeah. you need to get in the gym get you some deadlifts in working those hamstrings you but we've all got i've got others yeah but i know you've we were kind of talking, and you have an embarrassing story no, or a I vulnerable have, I story. You have plenty. I have plenty, and a lot of them come after I've had that good Friday drink. But <laughs> one of my sober, embarrassing moments. I uh, so the greatest theme park in the world. A lot of people don't know this because Cedar Point, Cedar Point, hands down, better than. Oh, I didn't any- know that's. Where, I had no idea that's where you were going with that. But okay, yeah, Cedar Point's amazing, and I used to go all the time growing up. From Indiana, it's only a short drive from Fort Wayne, two hours. It's better than Disney, better than any other Six Flags, all the best roller coasters, right? So I hadn't been to Cedar Point in years, uh, technically since I became an offensive lineman. So when I was a tight end, I could ride all the rides. I was I've been able to ride the rides since I've been like six years old. I've always been tall enough <laughs> right. to ride the rides. Which that right? scars a lot of people. Like I have other friends who are like I'm six foot tall, but I didn't get to six foot tall until later in life. Uh-huh. I'll tell that story in a little bit. But um I have other friends who are six four, six six, and they won't ride rides now because they were like forced on them when they were younger. 
So the oh, fact that well, you embrace it is awesome. I've always loved roller coasters. And so I hadn't been just from football, hadn't been to a theme park in a while. So we go to Cedar Point, take the kids, and I'm hyped. I was like, I ain't been on the Magnum. I haven't been on the Millennium Force, all the best roller coasters. And so we get like the fast pass. I'm, uh, we're up there with with a with another family and their kids. And so we're all in line, eight deep. We're going to get in the first four rows of the roller coaster. I'm going to get in the front, of course, because that's the best place for thrill seekers to get in the front of a roller coaster. Fast pass is clutch, too, by the way, at Cedar Point. You're oh, every bit so two, two and a half hours. And so we get to the line. I get ready to get into the seat. And the attendant's kind of looking at me funny, like, okay. Um, how you doing, sir? What, what seat do you want to sit in? I'm like, I'm gonna sit in the front, like front row, baby. Front row. He's like, okay, do you know, um, you gotta make sure the shoulder harness clicks in, um, <laughs> for you to ride. I was like, oh, duh, that's what it's there for. So <laughs> I get in there thinking that everything's all Gucci, I get into the front seat, I try to put it on, <clears throat> it's not, it's not going out all the way. <clears throat> And everybody's just waiting and looking at me. Everybody's clicked in. Everybody's ready to go. Everybody had been waiting for hours. Because, you know, there's only so many people that could get in in the fast lane. And then the rest have right. been waiting for two hours. It was like, okay. Yeah, two, two and a half hours. It's it was a two-hour two wait. So I'm, I was like, what the hell is going on? I was like, sir, something's wrong with your shoulder harness. It's not <laughs> coming all the way something's down. Wrong something's wrong with your shoulder harness, sir. Uh, it was like, okay. You know, we're going to try to get you in, sir. I know you've been waiting to get in line. And so three attendants come over, and one of them takes a running uh, start to try to close <laughs> the shoulder harness over my shoulders. <laughs> and they just, they're coming to public, like, sir, I don't think it's going to work. <laughs> would you please, would you not mind exiting the roller coaster and just waiting in this area over here where nobody is at? And everybody can just stare at the fact that so you're now they just put you on display <laughs> to ride this roller coaster. So, Mike, you know how there's just like that ambient noise, just everybody talking. Yeah. And dude, while they're doing this, everybody's quiet. Everybody's just looking <laughs> so at me. So they can hear everything. <laughs> dude, I've never been so embarrassed <laughs> in my life. And that just well, that is not even point. like you could go, it's not even like you go to like another seat. No. It's, I was like, do you have a seat for big guys? No, they discriminate against big guys at roller coasters. (laughs) They should have a special seat for guys that are 6'5". Because it wasn't even a stomach thing or a a length thing. It was my shoulders were too big. But I later found on on the other ones that do the the waist ones. I can't ride those. I can't (laughs) ride. When they try to do those little testers in front of the roller coaster line, like, I don't even try to get in there. And that's the injury because you done bought the fast pass. You're all excited like, yeah. to ride the roller coasters. So, so that just it brings me to my point. Like, I don't get me wrong. I love being a big guy. Ladies love big men, you know, more pushing for the cushion. That's why I chose I've to be one. Been self-proclaimed the round mound of pound town. Like, I've, I've done. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy being a big man. <laughs> It comes. That's fantastic. It comes. I'm putting that on a t-shirt. I am putting that on a t-shirt for you to wear around. Anyway. Like buying shoes is an issue. Size 16. I'm trying to find tennis shoes. They don't have tennis shoes anywhere. Along with the roller coaster things, there are so many things that big man can't do comfortably. Sitting down in chairs and getting up in chairs without the ones that sit too the ones that sit too low to the ground. They get and you got to get momentum. 
<laughs> you, gotta, you rock. You gotta rock to get back up. <laughs> These are oh, the issues man. we gotta deal with. Oh as man. Big man. So first of all, I need to take I need to take I need to take a drink on that. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's rough out here. I got no cubes either, and I don't like drinking my bourbon neat. Ooh, but it's warm. Um, yeah, but um, I'm gonna say this. First of all, that park attendant was an asshole. Yes, like you knew. He knew exactly. You knew I, like you knew I wouldn't be able to fit. You right. Like somebody's done this before. I appreciate I get, the effort. I get you're trying hope. to be. Yes, I, 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 I get you're trying to be polite. Right. But your politeness has now led to more embarrassment and more right. vulnerability now because I'm, I'm standing here. I'm standing here twiddling my thumbs while my did your family still go ride the they did and they had the time of their life. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it's the best roller coaster ever. And then I'll say they're like best ride ever, Dad. You should have went. <laughs> you should have checked it out. For people who don't know, like at Cedar at Cedar Point, there are certain rides like uh, Top Little Dragster, Millennium Force. <laughs> During certain times of year, if you don't have the fast pass. They like have a DJ set up playing music at certain points and speakers just to pass the time for everybody waiting in line because you were legit there two to three hours waiting yeah. to get on this minute and a half long ride. This is my first experience having the fast pass. I thought I had got the the Willy Wonka Gold ticket. Like this was awesome. Like it was your this world is when nobody thought that you need the fast pass. Like everybody buys the fast pass now if they're planning ahead. Yeah, of and so sometimes the fast pass can be longer than what it's intended to be. But this mm -hmm. was a time when Fast Pass was new. I thought we had made it. We were going to get through all the rides and be done with the park in like three hours, which never happens. Wrong. See, my, uh, I used to go to Cedar Point for Halloween stuff mm -hmm. because nobody wanted to ride them in the cold. And this was, oh. when I was, uh, this was when I was a skinnier, svelter version of me. I actually I found an old picture. Does your, my phone yells at me all the time about not enough storage. Oh yeah, it's doing that now. So, yeah. yeah, so I had like I've got like ten thousand pictures on my phone. So I went like all the way back to the like first year I had an iPhone and started deleting photos and some of the stuff in there. And I found an old team uh team picture from when I played football on there. I actually tweeted it out last night, and really I was good? so little. Like I was so little. First of all, I was front row. I wasn't six foot tall yet. I had a neck. That was a good time. That was good. but. <laughs> Like it was, but it's so funny because like I'm um I'm a recently acquired big man. I'm okay. learning all these things now. So uh, I'll I'll, I'll tell a little story. I'll tell a little story. My wife hates this, by the way. My wife absolutely hates this. So on my ID, it says six foot tall uh -huh. on my driver's license. And uh, when I played, like I I was five eleven, like my whole life. So like. All of high school, or most of high school, 5'11", after high school, 5'11". Mm -hmm. And um, when I played football, under six-foot quarterbacks didn't, unless you ran like a 4'440", you weren't playing quarterback. So not only was I under six foot, I ran a 5'140". So <laughs> it was not a good combination. So um, fast forward in life, I'm, I think, 28. And you know what the Gus Macker basketball tournaments are? Oh, I've won Gus Macker before. I love yes. Gus Macker. Yeah. So they had one here in Columbus. And all my friends know how I like I yearn to be six foot tall. 
Uh-huh. And you know how they weigh and they take your height and weight when you check in. And I'm standing there. They check me in. I'm six foot. It says they write six foot on my paper. Uh-huh. And oh, I took a right. from that point forward, I was six foot tall. There I you don't go. The check my height. I put six foot on my ID. I turned to my friend who saw them say six foot. And he was like, you look like a kid on Christmas day at six years old. who just got that bike. He was always like, <laughs> so yes, I'm a new, new age, big man. And okay. then I was like, well, I'm going to be six foot tall. So you haven't got, really had to deal with all the big man issues. yet. No, this is like a last 10 year type thing, but let me tell you about it. We, we have a 30 and up basketball league that uh-huh. our town had. And I played in that. My rebounding numbers went through the roof after I got six foot tall. You just instantly became more aggressive, right? Oh, I was talking. I was talking mess. We were closing the game out, and you know how like a guy will shoot the free throws, and the rest of the team will hang back. Uh, I I went up there. I was the only other guy on offense. I was like, I'm getting this offensive rebound and closing this game out. Sure enough, skied. Were you? Did you? It's a way you got to grab rebounds and make it intimidating. Like you go up, grab it with two hands. Oh, smack it. Oh, yep. And you feel good. And you hold it above everybody because you're six foot down. <laughs> <laughs> you because you're six foot. <laughs> but yeah, that was a. Uh, but no, that those are our, and we'll have many more embarrassing stories. But those are our stories of of vulnerability. I was just standing in that urinal, and I know exactly how you felt. You standing on the side waiting for your family to get through with the roller coaster. Dude, I know it was exactly that the longer ride. Your head. It was. <laughs> It was, that ride was like one of those, it was like a two-minute ride, which is a long time for a roller coaster. And like, as like, because they had three trains running. And so yeah. when the next train came on, there was a couple behind me. He's like, dude, I'm sorry, man. It's so messed up. Like, they should they should really <laughs> have a, a cart for you big guys. Like, you big guys. What? <laughs> yeah. just, what, I'm going to start a petition, and I'm going to join great, your movement. Discrimination, man. <laughs> so... Um, Somebody else who probably felt a little bit like we did, the Steelers reporter, who, again, we talked about it on the last show. Don't think she did anything wrong. Yeah. Uh, but your boy, yeah, Mike she's, T, your, awesome. your boy, Mike Fire. T, had a press conference again and addressed some things. And I know you want to get some of that off your chest yeah, as was, to what was, you thought. He started out funny, actually, with, with a little bit of levity. That means he got bit? good news. Yeah. That means he got yeah, good yeah. news in the, from the owner. You know, it, let me just bring you into our world for a little bit. It sucks. Please do. Losing. Like it never, it hurts. And it, when you've been in a game a long time, like coach T has 17 years in counting, um, you learn how to compartmentalize and you learn perspective. And so, but no matter what, when it's fresh, when you lose a game, you are pissed. And, one of our obligations is to talk to the media. We get it. The media is our conduit to the fans. The fans want to know how coaches and players feel after games. That's all fair because the fans are the reason why players and coaches get paid as much as they do. This is why the NFL is the, the best sports league in the world uh, because our fans are rabid and they deserve to know uh, at least a good portion of what goes on and what is and what's what happens at the end of a loss. And so coach T has been well reviewed, well documented, walked off when he got asked a question by ESPN's Brooke, Brooke Pryor. Uh, it was how he walked off though. That was, it funny. was how he walked off. It was the end of the presser already. He had already right. been through a whole bunch of questions. It was, it was I'm out. <laughs> Brooke Pryor asked, uh, 
you well, she started off like you have one year left in your contract. She didn't even get to the actual question part. Right. Coach T saw heard it, walked off. I'm out. No no questions. He was pissed. He was mad. And it's like, and when we think about it, how could he have at, answered that question? Like it was a No, and we lose. we talked about it the other day before we talked to Aditi, and it was she did nothing wrong asking the question. I don't think he did anything wrong in how he avoided the question. Right. She did her job. I agree with him, and he said in his presser, now it's there's time and place for everything. Right. That's probably not the time and place, but you know what? What if she doesn't get an exclusive with him, or somebody else breaks the story before she does, or the report before she does, and she didn't get a chance in a room with Mike Tomlin to ask the question? Right. And, and the, like the media loves Coach Tomlin, by and large, yeah. for the most part, because he's he's great up there. He is probably the greatest coach when it comes to very a candid of all yeah. time. He's candid. Other than Mike Leach. R.I.P. Mike Leach. I love Mike Leach. Um, But uh, he started out the presser by saying, any any contract questions? I'm in a better mood today. So ask. And so uh, he had already confirmed that he's coming back this year. So that's kind of where it came from. But uh, he hit on some things that I think Steeler Nation was eager to hear about. And the main thing, I think, was uh, the coordinator, offensive coordinator search, which has been – a much maligned position for the Steelers the last three or four years. Um, and it, not just this year, but the last two or three years. And we've always exclusively under Tomlin's um, tenure uh, promoted from within. He would bring in a quarterback coach and like Randy Fickner was under Bruce Arians when Bruce Arians was his original offensive coordinator. When he left, Randy Fickner became the offensive coordinator. When Randy Fickner got let go, Mac, or when Randy Fickner got hired to go to OC, they brought in Matt Canada to coach quarterbacks. When they let Randy Fickner go, Matt Canada became OC, so on and so forth. So, the first time ever in Coach Tomlin's tenure, he opened up about his search for the offensive coordinator position. Let the public know that he's going to look outside the building for an offensive coordinator, which I think is a great move because he one of the Tomlinisms that he says is that we won't keep on doing the same thing over and over again and expect a different result because that's the definition of what? Insanity. Insanity. He took a page from his own book and was like, okay, we're going to do something different. And he's going to look outside the building for our offensive coordinator, which I think is great news. And Steel Nation was happy to hear. Secondly, the quarterback position um, coming into the offseason. What were we going to do then? Uh, I did not want to hear. He did say this. One thing I did disagree with. He said, Kenny Pickett was going to be QB1 going into the offseason. I get it. You got to have a depth chart because that's for the media as well. It's fine that he names him quarterback one. But the one thing that I really want to hear, the most important thing that I heard was that he said it would be a competition. So he's going to bring somebody in. He may bring Mason back. Mason is a free agent going into this year. Deontay wants that. Yeah. Deontay definitely wants that. We heard that from him. Um, Mason. Is probably going to get signed back. I can't see him not getting signed back from Pittsburgh, and I can't say see him having a, a big market elsewhere. He did earn himself some money with his performance, but I don't think he gets the interest from anywhere else that he will get in Pittsburgh. So I think he'll be back. And then hopefully we'll bring in another vet, a proven vet, maybe trade for Justin Fields, maybe bring in Kirk Cousins. Baker's probably off the table since he won a playoff game. I, I can't imagine Tampa not signing him back. But those are the two options I think we go. I think Dan Orlowski actually mentioned the same folks. And so it was good to hear the presser that there will be a competition at the quarterback position. 
It's important to me. Well, it's important to where you're going to go as a franchise. I think the last part you just hit on is why Mason won't be back because they are going to bring somebody from the outside in. He's already gone down that route where he sat back and then they bring in a Mitch Trubisky and he gets shuffled into the inactive list every week. And if you're Mason Rudolph, and we can we can put a pizza on this or a bottle of uh, a bottle of Bird Dog or whatever you you want to fancy, but I would bet that Mason will not be back with the Steelers. Oh, we're betting that. I bet you he gets signed in the next two weeks. You have inside knowledge. No, I don't. I just okay. As long as as long as we're not doing some insider trading. No, that would not be fair. I would not do that to you. I would I not think do you that would. to you. But, but uh, I, I think I don't think he will be. That. I I agree with you that he probably has the best chance to be a starter in Pittsburgh, but I could also understand where Mason looks at the situation in Pittsburgh. Like I've already spent what five years here, six mm-hmm. years, and. I need to find and, somewhere and has, else to go. And has never had the fanfare that he has. Has never had the support, and honestly, has never played as good as he has the last four games. Well, they, they've has. constantly, they've constantly rolled him under the bus and looked for somebody, somebody else. And if, yeah, if you you're going to, memory in the NFL. The thing but is, you can go somewhere and get a fresh start. If, if, when you look around, the, when you look around the league again, I agree with you that Pittsburgh's probably his best chance to be a starter, mm-hmm. but. I, I think, think you can go. Over, go ahead. I think I think he can go to. At the end of the day, if he realizes he's not going to be the starter in Pittsburgh, because it's still an uphill battle in Pittsburgh to be the starter. However, you want to shake it, they still invested a first round pick in Kenny Pickett, and he's going to get every chance to succeed, especially with a new offensive coordinator, because Canada is the scapegoat. So Kenny Pickett will be unless you get a Justin Fields or a Russell Wilson or somebody who's already been a starter in the league. Kenny Pickett will be your starter day one. With a new offensive coordinator, period. You can give all the lip service you want. So Kenny you don't think it's going to be a true competition, is what you're no, saying. No, I, I don't. I don't think it's going to be a true competition at all. So now, if you start comparing backup situations, there's a ton of other backup situations that are more appealing to a Mason Rudolph than Pittsburgh because they will, like you said, still bring in a veteran backup. And now you're looking at being that guy on the inactive list. Or you go to Washington and you back up Sam Howell as they transition into whatever, because Jacoby, I think Jacoby Brissett might be the guy that you guys should bring in as the veteran backup Ooh, to be 100% honest. I would actually love Jacoby Brissett to be our starter. Or 100%. you go to Carolina because Bryce Young is tiny and he could get hurt at any minute. Or if the Bears draft Caleb Williams or a new quarterback, you go to the Bears, be a backup quarterback there. Go to Denver if they're moving on from Russell Wilson. Like there's just a lot of other opportunities, I think, now for Mason as a backup quarterback. Not so much to start but as a backup quarterback in the league that wouldn't have him buried on the depth chart again with a bad taste in his mouth like he has in Pittsburgh. Okay, so I I, I, I disagree. I This is why we're going to place a bet on this. And I'm, I disagree because it's about timing. I think Omar and Tomlin will meet up and then before free agency hits, which is like March or something like that, They'll offer Kenny a contract that will give him pause. Say two years, $10 million. I think that's a fair contract. Two they years. Give him that kind of money? $10 million with the first year guaranteed. Uh, I think they will. I think they will. I think um, with Kenny being on a four-year $18 million contract, um, it will give if they offer Mason that money, and I think they will. 
and they're making around the same, Mason will go into to this offseason thinking that he has a legit chance to start. If we're just looking at numbers. Um, also, I think they will do, they will try to offer this contract before free agency hits in the next two, three, two to three weeks. And if they do bring a vet, it will be later down the line. Uh, and so Mason will already be signed, sealed, and delivered. And then he won't be, even if they do come across a better situation later on in the offseason, he's already there. And so. See, I just, and I look at, I think if the money's similar, even if it's a little less, if you look at Chicago, Washington, the Giants, the Jets, there's probably six to eight teams where even if it's two years, eight million instead of two years, 10 million, I think, I think Mason would look for that fresh start. All right, my man. We shall so see. So we'll come up. We'll come up with the terms on this. We got, we got a couple weeks to come up with, uh, with what we're gonna wager. Man, we're some degenerates. Yeah, we are. We are just some straight. I need a drink. <laughs> oh, you finished it off. You gonna pour another one? <laughs> so warm. Go get some ice, man. You don't have any ice. Listen, we're gonna circle back to these big man problems. That's all the way upstairs. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Big man I'm in the stairs. basement. Big man I'm in the stairs. basement. Dude, I try to avoid stairs at all costs. At Dude. all costs. So the house where you had come over to my uh my house with the basement I had before, which I miss I miss that house. We moved our kids into a different school district. Mm-hmm. This is a little bit the uh, inside knowledge into how particular I am. Got a nice little basement in my house now. That's mm-hmm. uh where I set up shop right now for the pod me up episodes uh, yep. that we do. Got Tony Soprano back there throwing the bones, throwing a little dice. Is all degenerate all the time in my house, but um, what for whatever reason the the toilets in the house that we're in now sit lower to the ground. Oh, I don't know how you feel about this. If you haven't partaken yet, it's it's revolutionary. It's game changer. You need to, but the bidet will not fit on my toilet in my bedroom. It only fits on the toilet in the basement. So I have to come down three flights of stairs to do my business. And I go to the dude, bathroom. Dude, you speaking my language. Just it's not too many things that I enjoy more than taking a good number two. Yes. It's one of my favorite things to do on earth. <laughs> Every morning, I get to watch it. I get to read the news. I get to on I my catch phone. Up on so many current events. So much what's TikTok going on in sports. Yeah. Like I, I learned everything. I gained so much knowledge. When I do a number two, because how Bert Kreischer feels about drinking, I feel about dropping a good deuce. A good deuce is nothing. But finishing with the bidet, you have to finish with the bidet, and if you haven't, and so when we moved into this house in 2021, December 2021, one of the first things I had to do was swap out the toilets. Had to swap out the toilets because we moved into a house with normal sized people. And I'm not a normal size <laughs> human. And so they had normal sized toilets. Cedar Point proved that. <laughs> and so I can't sit on a toilet where my my ass sits below the level of my knees. My knees need to be like everything <laughs> needs to be like a 90 degree angle. Like, you can't have them hiking to your chest. In order to get good leverage. Yep. Because <laughs> it feels like you're doing a cannonball and taking a deuce at the same time. Right. If, if your butt's below your knees, that's not a good pooping position. And so you have to be perpendicular or not perpendicular. You have to have a good 90 degree angle in order to rid yourself of all the waste that does not belong to your body. But the one thing that this family did have 
and it's in the master bedroom. My man, go ahead. It's in the master bedroom. Is they have a bidet, but not your normal bidet. They have, they have a what looks like a hose with a attachment. You know how people water their gardens? Oh, yeah. One of those as your bidet. So you feel so squeaky clean after getting rid clean. of all the nastiness of your body. And you get Dude. it all out at the 90 degree angle at a toilet that has a, that's at the right height for you. You get the, the hose and you just clean yourself out. You Let me tell you what. Out. And sometimes this is, this might be TMI for all the folks out there. Sometimes, I mean, it's just like a, a good, um, what's it called? Like a, a colon cleanse. Like yeah, the water yep. shoots up there, and sometimes it gets stuff that you didn't even know. Like it didn't come out with the initial pushes, it just comes so, out. And mine has mine has the warm and but it's awesome. mine has the warm and cold <laughs> option for the water. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. Ours you is gotta always get the, like a lukewarm eighty two yeah. degrees, which is still a little chilly when it hits. <laughs> but when it's, it hits. <laughs> Listen, I feel like every time. I feel like that's I feel like that uh that uh scene in Step Brothers now. Did we just become best friends talking about bidets? Dude, bidets yep. are, are game changers, man. They they are. I don't know how listen, I live without it. You know how much toilet paper we save? <laughs> Not just the toilet paper. First of all, I'm a very stingy bidet man. Nobody else is allowed to use mine. It is mine. <laughs> the wife but, doesn't like it. I don't understand. No, I know, but it's so I get anxiety when I go on vacation and I know that I'm going to be, if it's more than a couple days, we got a cruise coming up soon. Seven day cruise. I'm already like, how am I going to work my way around this? Cause I'll go to Vegas for three or four days, eat all the nastiest food and drink all the drinks. And I'm like, before I kiss my wife and kids, when I walk in the door, I go to the bathroom and I just get home. You just need a personal work. To yeah. Go from the outside of your house straight to the bathroom. Look, my wife found a travel bidet. You fill it up with water. It's not the same thing, but it does the trick for when you're it out of town. I need to look yep. these things up, man. So Dude. I'm a, and we're, it, you can call it gross, but at the end of the day, we're here giving you a PSA to make your world better. We yeah. care about. I tell people all the things that everybody on earth does. And people if you look at me walk when, through the day with feeling clean as a whistle. There is nothing, nothing better. People will look at me like, oh, you're gross. I'm gross. You're still living in the freaking 1500s, you knuckle dragger. <laughs> you're not getting clean. This is there's no cleaner. Clean. No, yeah, there's no cleaner feeling than using the yeah. bidet. It's phenomenal. You still, you still have tricks in your ever. underwear. That's probably what you have. <laughs> you got to wear you're not fresh tracks. and clean. Yeah, you know, we're doing you a favor, but I'm glad we can get that out, man. Um <laughs> transitioning this is odd but uh we will send each other little tiktoks and stuff back and forth and i found one that i didn't send you and i want to play it for you now because we were talking about the big man game and how impressive it is to be an athlete i forgot this existed and somebody shared this clip recently on a tiktok and i did not send it to you because i wanted to play it here but it is draymond green trying to play tight end in the spring game for Michigan State. So take a look at this. Oh, come on, big fella. You got 
<laughs> he's a little excited. He's a little excited out there. Oh. There was another play where they threw him a pass. And you remember when your kids were really little and they're running through their house in a diaper? Uh-huh. That's what Draymond looks like running in football pads. It's like lumbering <laughs> so, down the field. So, like, Draymond is one of the best basketball players to ever play. Like, and he's a different type of NBA player, unique. Um, he's one of the few with the build and body that you would think would translate to the NFL. One of the few that you thought. And for somebody who played both football and basketball coming through high school, basketball being my favorite sport, but knowing that my body type would be better suited for football, I've got to, I've had the chance to play against some NBA caliber players. Got a chance to play against Zach Randolph in Indiana growing up. Got a chance to play against Jared Jeffries growing up. Basketball players are soft as shit. They're so <laughs> soft. Um, and so it does not surprise me that Draymond looked like that on the football field. I do appreciate the fact that he went out there and tried to do it. Yeah, he, he had some fun. Type. Gave He's it a six, shot. Seven. He's about, what, 240, 250. Yeah. As far as prototypical tight ends go, that's what you want. But there's a mentality that comes with playing football that basketball players just don't have. No. And it's okay. It is all right. Everybody stays in their lane. But the one sport that every football player says they could have played and you see a lot of them. You see Terrell Owens playing basketball a lot. You see yeah. your boy Miles Garrett out there dunking on the poor souls at uh, Lifetime oh. Fitness. Like, I don't know why he does that. I see but, him dunking on the Bengals offensive line doing this crossover. Right. He does that, too. So that just brings me to this question about which professional, professional sport actually has the best athletes. Athletes. It's also a very controversial term because everybody has a different definition. And so I will define what I think an athlete is. Somebody that has the ability to pick up a new sport and be good at it. And so it doesn't necessarily mean you're the fastest. It doesn't necessarily mean you jump the highest. It doesn't necessarily mean that you lift the most. Which sport contains the athletes that could really transition to another sport and at least be competitive at it. It's football um, because it takes little bits of all the sports and mixes it together in a lot of ways. Hand-eye coordination. You have to be able to run and catch and throw at the same time. Um, but we just, we, we see it. We see football players transition to baseball and basketball and other yeah. sports. I've not ever seen – I mean, you'll get a track star come out and try and return kicks every now and again, and it doesn't go too well. But you don't see guys who were basketball players transition to the NFL. There's um, a few. There's a few, and it's only one position that really does it. It's tight end. Tight Antonio end. Gates is the one that comes to mind. Who was a baller at Kent State. Absolutely. He was. Made it to the um, Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight, him and uh, Wally World. Wally but Zerbiak. yeah, it's Wally Zerbiak. 
It's 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 rare, right? Uh, you got Antonio Gates, you got Tony Gonzalez, who played basketball at Cal, but he was a horrible basketball player. He wasn't. I mean, he was good enough to get a Division One. So I'm not saying. Well, yeah, there's there's lots of guys that have played. It's and it's it's not. And when I say it's it's football, it's not that um, it's it's not this monumental gap. Like it's it's not like this huge. Like I think. I think football and basketball are very close, mm-hmm. but I'll, I'll put it this way. You do a celebrity softball game, right? Right. Football players can hold their own. Right. Basketball players look silly sometimes. Yeah, they do. So I'm just thinking, I'm thinking of it in not, not in terms of who's the most athletic, but who can hold their own in multiple sports the best. And you'll see, You'll see football players, they'll either play basketball or wrestle. Then they'll play baseball or run track. They'll play volleyball. There's just a lot of different avenues that they'll go down. And a lot of this, honestly, I blame on things like AAU. Like kids only play one sport. Yeah, the specialization of sports. Yeah. Yeah. But But no, I, I would say football. So when you look at basketball players, they are the ones that usually jump the highest, uh, have the the best side to side. The quickest. They test the best. They're they they're the good the test takers, and the football players are the the ones with the street smarts and who do good every day. Right. Um, and so there's certain positions like tight ends. Um, you'll see a lot of offensive linemen and D linemen can play basketball, can wrestle, can um, be surprised, play golf, this guy, <laughs> play play tennis, this guy. But, like, like to your point, um, there are more, obviously, more to select from in football. And you do have football players that can only play football. There are some linebackers that can't do anything else Right, play football. You put a basketball in their hand, they don't know what the hell to do. Well, a lot of it is body type, though, too. Like the football player's body type, it lends if you cut weight here or there, you can do other sports. Basketball players, not so much. They're normally tall. and Like Kevin Durant isn't playing wide receiver. No. Even though he's tall and fast, he will get rocked in the sternum one time. Done. Yeah. It's a wrap. The ability to take a hit is a skill within itself, you know, and there's not a lot of basketball players that can do that. Now, as we move to flag football and seven-on-seven football, because I think that's going to be an Olympic sport, right? Is either seven-on-seven or flag football is going to be an Olympic sport. 2028, yep. Yep, so that that levels the playing field. But football as we know it, and again, it's the same concept, but rugby. Guys who play rugby can do a lot of different sports. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask you this. Let's go back, because I think we both agree the football players are the most – like, not like like you said, not they're the most athletic. Not like testing jumps the highest, runs the fastest. But I like to refer to them as closet athletes. You put a football player on a basketball court, he can hold his own and play basketball most of the time. Right. You put a football player on a volleyball court, he knows how to play volleyball. You put him on a soccer field, he can play soccer. You put him on a baseball field, he can play baseball. Um, that's that's what I mean by it. Not that he's going to run faster, jump higher, whatever than a basketball player. And you know, another thing to add on to that, basketball players who have made it to the NBA 
usually have only played basketball. Yes. In the NFL, most guys, by and large, on a roster play football, but they play a whole bunch of other sports. Dion, Charlie yeah. Ward. In high school. Ronald Curry. Um, Allen, well, I was about to say, Allen Iris is one of the few NBA uh, players that I know that played quarterback and was really good at it uh, in high school. They said yeah. he could have been an NFL quarterback, but that's it's few and far in between. But um, to see Draymond go out there, it proves my point. It proves our point that football players are probably the better athletes. Yeah, basketball players probably have more skill. And skill versus athlete, that's a whole nother topic we could do a whole nother show about. because Oh, absolutely. Uh, but Well, then you start putting golfers in the mix. Yeah. John Daly's not – not athletic at all, but he has more skill with his left hand swinging through a golf club than any of us will probably ever have. Yeah, and nobody can match his drinking hand. His right man, hand I want to drinking. I want to play eighteen holes with John Daly so bad. Like that is one of my dreams. I just want to hear the stories that guy has to tell. I heard a clip of him saying that he went to vodka to stay healthy. He went to <laughs> just a bottle of vodka a day versus bourbon because he wanted to be healthier. Like, my dudes out there playing barefoot. By the way, golf is a sport, a damn it is. hard sport at that. So, well, well, we'll have that conversation later because I think that'll be – we have the Summer Olympics, and I want to get into that when we get closer to the Olympic Games right. on what is and what isn't a sport. But um, I want to ask you this, kind of on the same topic of what we're talking about now because I think you might answer the same way as I will, but playing a pickup basketball game, who is your least favorite type of person to play that you know they played another sport? So a bunch of guys from your school are playing and you got guys from the baseball team, football team, basketball team, track team, whatever. We're all just playing pickup basketball. Who was the guy, that archetype that you hated playing pickup basketball with? He played another sport. If I'm being honest, I hated playing wrestlers. Yes. I hated playing wrestlers. 100%. Dude, dude. They they foul the shit out of you and they they never stop. And even when they're not following you, if you're posting up and it's a big, bigger wrestler, they're so they're funny. lower center of their lower center of gravity. How they manipulate staying beneath you, you can't. Oh. They're good at it. I mean, but they also wrestlers get- are the worst to play basketball, and they have nobody has the stamina of a wrestler. They nobody. don't stop. Not even soccer players, and they don't care about scoring. That's the one thing no. they don't care about scoring. They're out there they just don't to care run. about rebounding. They just care about making your life a living hell. On the basketball court. Yes. That's why they're out there. It's the one thing, like, you're looking around going out to match up. It's like, I know you're not going to score, but I'm not guarding you because you're going to elbow me 42 times. My yeah. mouth's going to be bleeding by the end of it. And I'm going to have to run around here and chase you. Not it. I'm good. This was back when I was only five foot 11. I was choosing to guard the six foot six guy. Uh, explains a lot. There you go. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, wrestlers, wrestlers by far were the worst to to have to uh play pickup basketball with. We had a soccer and track guys. was close. Well, track guys, yeah. Well, I hated having track guys in my team because those guys are like really fast and they, they try to dribble and they will always lose the ball out of bounds. Always. They try to dribble the ball up court all fast, it will go off their foot. Track guys, I love them during track season, but as a football player or a basketball player they usually did not uh adapt very well it didn't yeah it didn't translate 
It did not didn't translate very well. Right. With so, uh, go ahead. No, I was about to say like at Northwestern, we had a couple of buddies across the hall from us who were wrestlers. Cool as shit. If you want a drinking buddy, nobody's better than a wrestler. Really? Nobody's better than a wrestler because wrestlers can put them down. And that's usually, shocking. Every single wrestler is an angry drunk. They <laughs> like starve themselves. Drunk. So you would think they have no base to like be able to put it down. No, they can put it down. They put them down and then they want to wrestle you. They, they oh, I'm out. Wanna, I was like, no, I don't want to wrestle I'm all the way you. out. Like, even I'm the, out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even want to, like, even the smallest wrestlers because they just know things. They know pressure yep. points. They know that they, they know how to get that little cartilage in your ribs. Right. It's like and Mr. Miyagi. They just touch you in the neck and you're paralyzed for 42 minutes. So I'm not messing. They, and they always go after the big guy. That's like their oh, favorite yeah. target. They want to test themselves yep. to see if they can take a big guy. I'm like, no. And now, like the, yeah, like the UFC and MMA guys and stuff like that, too. Like, that's the telltale sign. When I was younger, now I'm too old for these games. But you're in the mm-hmm. bar. People start talking about, oh, cauliflower year? I'm out. <laughs> I'm not fighting that guy. Nope. Not happening. You Dude. got it. I'll buy you a drink. Let's let's solve this civilly, and I will buy you a round. Speaking, speaking of uh, cauliflower ear, dude, I got a story that's going to transition us into our next topic, actually. But at Northwestern, which I am a little nervous about speaking about anything in the locker room when it comes to Northwestern with the offseason we had this <laughs> past year. But this is at least a little bit ways from that. We used to have boxing matches. In our in our locker room at Northwestern, and so we used to actually get gloves, and then we get the team. We we would match up O linemen versus D linemen, DBs versus uh, wide receivers, running backs versus linebackers, and we would box. And the only rule is once somebody draws blood, you lose. Okay, and simple enough. It was fun, and so it was me versus my good buddy. I'm not going to name his name because he's going to be pissed if I tell him <laughs> that I took you him knocked out. him out. Yeah, and so I was a very strategic boxer, like I like kind of like how I play basketball. It's not quite finesse, but like I'm not just savvy. With straight we'll call power. it we'll call it savvy. Yeah, I was fundamentally sound. I was a Tim Duncan in basketball, and I was uh, let's say a Lennox Lewis type boxer. You know, the round mount of Pound Town. You didn't get that nickname on the basketball court. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Not at all, but um, <laughs> no, in the locker room, we were boxing. So I would like try to like people who never box and you put them in a boxing situation. They want to go for the haymakers all yeah, the time. There's, and they're swinging they're, from out here. Swinging like, from out there. All of this is open because they're. And I jabbed. I was like, okay, yep. I'm not going to try to knock you out. I'm going I'm to soften you up a little bit. I'm actually going to do body shots. I'm going to be technical about this. <laughs> And so the, our boxing matches were like two rounds, two minutes. That's all you okay. had. And it would exhaust the hell out of you. Don't get me wrong. Boxing is tough. But, dude, we get into the boxing ring. I, we'll call this dude Mr. G. Mr. G. Mr. G get, uh, is on the D-line. He used to be an offense lineman, recently moved to D-line. I called him a traitor, so I called him out. So we boxing in the locker room. And I'm jabbing a mess out of him. And he goes for a big left hook. I duck. I come with a right hook straight to his damn ear. Dude, <laughs> he didn't know it, but he developed cauliflower ear like two weeks later. I had never seen that. And I was like, what happened to oh. you? Dude, he did that. He did that. I was like, my bad. Man. My bad. 
protect your ear next time. Keep yeah, that man. keep that offhand up. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Good old Northwestern Wildcats, man. We had some fun times in that locker room. But the Wildcats. The Wildcats. Standard nickname. That is a standard nickname, man. It's way too many Wildcats. There's the Arizona. Oh, they're Wildcats. yeah. They're all the, over the place. Tigers, Wildcats. It's all they're so overused. Yeah. But there are some names out there that I don't understand why they're with a particular team. Like usually you would think that a state, especially a school named after the state, would be their their uh, nickname would have or their like mascot would have something to do with whatever is that state's motto or state bird, state animal. Uh, what the hell do Wolverines have to do with Michigan? I don't know. They're just ratty little animals that nobody likes. What is a, a uh, what is an elephant? What the Crimson Tide? What the hell That's does a that weird have to do one. with Alabama? And then yeah. why is Crimson Tide? Why do they have an elephant? Right. As their mascot. It's, what does that have to do with Crimson Tide? Green Wave for Tulane. Auburn Tiger, but they yell War Eagle. That's right. Oh, it's in the south. You gotta, you gotta give them a little leeway down there. What's another one? Uh, Ironically, all the Florida schools make sense. Florida Gators, Florida State Seminoles, Miami Hurricanes. The only one that doesn't make sense is Golden Knights. I mean, that's just a random one. I could, I could deal with a random like trying to be like cool type nickname. Like that's completely out the box. I get like that. even USF Bulls, there are a lot of bulls in Tampa. It's it's weird. Bulls and ox and stuff like it's weird. The uh the South Carolina Gamecocks, like fighting chickens. Like I don't I don't get that. <laughs> <laughs> I lived in South Carolina. I was I was they added they Carolina. added the game to it for obvious reasons, Trey. <laughs> yeah, you can't <laughs> 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 he couldn't he couldn't go down that slope. Right. Uh, uh, what I'm else is to think there? Of some other ones. Like Indiana Hoosiers make sense. I don't know where Boilmakers came from for Purdue. Like there's no kind of yeah, uh, the train. factory. I really don't know. I don't and I, I've not spent a lot of time in Michigan, but I don't I didn't know that Wolverines, like you said, were a heavily seen animal up there. You know, um, I mean, I've been in Michigan. I've never seen a Wolverine. Buckeyes make sense. Bearcats in Cincinnati is cliche. Tennessee Volunteer. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there's some history behind that. I'm not sure what it is. A Tar Heel. That's a that's that's a play on the uh, the North Carolina. What they call the tobacco, right? right? Maybe. I don't know. So bunch of confusing nicknames out there. Dude, I saw a clip on Instagram. He was talking about the Buffalo Bills, right? There's not a damn. Yeah. What is it? What is a bill? First it's of a all, Buffalo. <laughs> it's a Buffalo, I guess. It's it's. They said they named it after somebody that used yeah, to yeah, Cowboy buffalo. Bill or something like that. Yeah, used to kill bison, so they named yeah. their Buffalo. They named the Buffalo Bills after somebody that used to kill buffalo. New York Giants. Steelers make perfect sense. 
I don't know why Cleveland are the Browns. Because of Paul Brown. Oh, he just named it. That's very <laughs> name him after himself. <laughs> very pretentious of just a name. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> um. Yeah. It's funny what goes into making nicknames, but they stick, right? Alabama Crimson Tide. And you know what? The pros make a lot more sense in the colleges, which is even more interesting. Because the colleges yeah. are the ones that have been around forever. So you would think they'd be more inclined to like go with things in the state. In... Right. Something more traditional. Because they're right. Around. Yeah. More customary. But Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that's... Yeah. See, I feel like just NFL names are just random nicknames that kind of flow with the name of the city. Not yeah. Anything to do with that city. Pittsburgh. You know who I got to run this by? I got to run this by my wife because this is how my wife picks her March Madness bracket every year. <laughs> one, one year it was like the UC Santa Clara banana slugs or something like that. And she was like, I'm picking them. I was like, to go to the final four, you're picking the them. Final yep. four. They're going to the final four. They didn't. West is going but to you the know, four this year, by the way. Uh, but but you know what she did get? Those weird little eight and nine seed teams that like get to the Elite Eight every year because she, she picked them by the name. Yeah. She'll get like one or two of them every single year. And I'm like, so now I do two brackets. And I'll just, I'll sit there. She doesn't know this, but I'll sit there in our living room, look at the lineup for like college basketball or the NBA. And I'll just start rattling off names. And whatever one she picks, that's what I bet on my FanDuel app. Well, shoot. You need to get her to go ahead and pick the cool names for this weekend's matches. This no, NFL, I'm uh, on it. I'll so screenshot got, it to you. Because, yeah, we got some fun. We got some uh, – now that our teams are in it, we got some good matchups this weekend that we will, we will still watch football, even though our teams aren't in it. There's only seven – Brody, there's only seven football games left. That's that makes sad. me sad. That makes Why'd me you sad. just now? Now I got to drink again. <laughs> that makes me so sad. Uh, on Saturday, we have Houston and uh, Baltimore, which I think that's going to be a real good one. And then that night, we have San Fran and Green Bay. See, I'm, I'm worried about the weather because I know what we're getting here. So for 430, let me look it up now. What's Baltimore looking like? I don't think it's going to be horrible, right? I hope not. And luckily, they're on turf, right? They're on turf, yeah. I hate it. It's just just going to be cold. It doesn't bode well for Houston, but... No, but at least it'll be dry. I I was more worried about them getting... So we've gotten a bunch of snow and rainy crap here the last couple days. So obviously, as that moves east, I thought that they would be dealing with that like during the game. So it's just going to be cold and dry, but... Well, their main offensive, I mean, Stroud and, and Collins are Midwest college kids. So, yeah, they're at least used to playing in the elements somewhat. Um, Houston was getting nine and a half, too. Ooh, nine and a half. I took that. I took Baltimore's that all not, Baltimore's not great at home. They're no. not great. Um, that's going to be interesting because I think uh, Lamar has something to prove. Uh, and everybody knows, and I think he'll get he has the best to, yeah. effort from Mark Andrews is coming back. His, uh, his he's not. One. Oh, he's, he's not, not coming back now. Yeah, as, yeah. They they said today, as of right now, he's not playing this weekend. Well, Isaiah likely has been a beast for them since Andrews has gone down. 
That'll um, be the the tight ends will be the key because both of them sh- and Joku had big games against both of those teams. Right. So our prop bets this weekend, tight end yeah, city, baby. Tight ends. Let's Dalton go. Schultz and Isaiah Likely all day. Yep. As Zay Flowers has to have a good game for them to have anything because if that's TJ Stroud, Nico thing keeps going like it's been going the last two or three weeks, Baltimore's in trouble because that defense yeah. for Houston has gotten better each and every week. They are formidable at this point. Yeah. And so And D'Amico Ryans is a good coach. Yeah. Dude, he game plans ex- – like the game plan he had for Cleveland was excellent. Phenomenal. And Phenomenal. so I, I'd imagine he it has led to Cleveland cleaning house. We have no offensive coaches now. Yeah, no offensive Zero. coaches. All because of literally the only offensive coach is being retained right now, like as far as major positions, is the wide receivers coach, which I don't get because our wide receivers have not progressed in five years. Dude, only Amari Cooper, and he was already a proven commodity. He was already he, yeah. Amari was already Amari. The, the yeah. wide receivers have not progressed gotten and gotten better. better. I'm surprised and, the running back coach got fired. I mean, y'all, y'all got Cal, y'all keeping Callahan, of course, because he's the goat. But I like, think that they're going to finally do the smart thing though and build the offense around Deshaun Watson because it was alarming how well Joe how much better Joe Flacco performed coming off the couch than Watson has in two years yeah and Stefanski kept feeding what Flacco did best yeah he did and so that was eye-opening but let's not get off on a tangent on your Browns because that's easy to do for you (laughs) go ahead and drink to that but um dude I think honestly Lamar Jackson's going to win the MVP this year. I got as Houston he should. Win. I I got Houston winning this game. I hope so. I got Houston winning this game, and then so I'll, I I think they cover for sure. Nine and a half is a big number in the playoffs. Yes, yeah. yeah, it is. And I just don't. Houston is not a defense that makes a lot of mistakes. They just they're they're a sound defense. They're not. They don't have the star power or like that one player. That's a game record, but they just all play well together. So, so I'll be honest, short of the 49ers, I think the two teams that were going to be in the way of Houston winning a Super Bowl, or I'm sorry, not Houston, Baltimore winning a Super Bowl was Cleveland and Houston. Yep. Because they were both teams that could score with them, but also put out game plans that could neutralize them. They're not going to stop Baltimore, but they could keep them to kicking field goals. Exactly, and they could keep them to under twenty-five points, and also score enough to do that. I don't know. I still don't. Josh Allen played the game of his life against the Steelers, and we've seen that before from Josh Allen. But he never plays that clean. That clean, yeah. He played that clean against Kansas City two two years years ago, ago. two or three years ago, yeah. Which was one of the best. So that's how far. Yeah, yeah. That's how far in between it's been. Yeah. So I don't I still can't trust Josh Allen to play that clean if they're going to keep running their offense the way they do because the Bills defense is beat up as well. Right. And I think Houston's defense is better than the Bills defense. So I think Houston covers for sure. I hope they win. Right now it's you, it's transitioned. You, do you think Baltimore's like put your objective hat on and not your hate for Baltimore? Who do you think wins this game? Baltimore. Okay. All right. I, I think Baltimore was I think they win just because of the pretty much three weeks off they've had. I think that's going to be a detriment, actually, in this case. Cause I think a young team like Houston with the momentum they're playing with, 
is better suited to keep that momentum going versus a Baltimore team that's not very old. I think they have a their their main pieces are young outside of Mark. Their O line is young for the most part. Well, I think it's yeah. I, I agree. I think it's I think it's better for both. I I don't think there's one that it's good for and one that is bad for. I think getting Baltimore the time off, mostly Lamar the time off, right, and Houston continuing to play. I think it benefited them both equally. It wasn't like a this or that or one or the other. Mm-hmm. I think. Though, had Baltimore been playing the last two weeks, the two teams that I think Houston would have been in a better position, like you yeah. said, being the young team, keeping the I momentum, and continuing to play. I agree with that. Um, but it, it's funny because when you look around the league at the teams that kind of, like Dallas was as hot as can be. They stomped Washington. Right. And then we saw what they did against Green Bay in that gross performance, Dude. which – earned Mike McCarthy another year. So, but we got to give, and this is another young team, the youngest team in the last 50 years. I think I heard in in green Bay and what Jordan love has done. They play San Francisco who everybody considers the best team out there. Despite the fact that they got demolished by Baltimore, everybody thinks this is the year the 49ers win the Super Bowl. Um, Green Bay just, they don't. They're so young. They don't know what they don't know, and they're just going to. I think the super. And yeah, I think the Super Bowl winner. Dangerous. I think the Super Bowl winner comes from the AFC, regardless. Right. And uh, I'm. T- I'm just. I'm letting you into how my life works, Trey. Tampa will be in the Super Bowl. I'm going to have to watch Baker Mayfield play in a Super Bowl. <laughs> Dude, you know, there's no rhyme or reason to it, but that's how my world works. The Browns' misery, man. Everybody, no, it's, it's my misery. Your misery, Browns. I'm sure every, other Browns fans think the same. But Baker, I think Baker's a good story. But I think, I mean, they lose. They lose in Detroit, and I think they lose by 20 points plus. I hope. I hope whoever wins that game, which I also got Tampa with eight and a half, because uh, I got on these early. When I saw those giant lines going into a divisional game, I took every single under, underdog in the points and I put them in a parlay. Dude, I, I got nine and a half with the the Packers. I got eight and a half with the Bucks, and I got nine and a half with Houston. And I put them in a parlay. Which one is Green Bay? What well, I know that spread is probably double nine and a half. It was nine okay. and a half. I'll take Green Bay in that one. Yeah. Um, um but Kansas I hope City. the winner. I hope the winner of Detroit Tampa goes to the Super Bowl for the NFC. Yeah, I don't want San Fran to go. Like. I, like this, it's a little bit of haterade in this, but I am tired of everybody loving up on Shanahan. And it's kind of like everybody who loved up on McVay when he first got to uh, LA. I get it. They're offensive geniuses. They're doing a great yeah. thing. I'm All tired of seeing these teams just. I'm just. I'm tired of seeing these these organizations that the world just shines on their ass all the time. Green Bay's one of them. Look at the jersey of quarterbacks the Browns have had. And now you got Jordan Love after Aaron Rodgers, after Brett Favre. And San Francisco made what would have been the worst trade possibly of all time. Yeah. And they're bailed out by Brock Purdy. So, somehow you're bringing us back and to then the Browns, they, right? Then they somehow you're then they somehow the No, but then they the somehow have I don't know where they get their picks and their salary from to we're just going to trade for uh Christian McCaffrey midseason last year. Oh, while we're at it, let's swindle the 
commanders for a fourth round pick or whatever it was for Chase Young. Somehow they Dude, get they didn't swim all of this Chase, stuff. Chase Young ain't that guy. He he's not a he hasn't lived up to being a first round pick, just like Jadavian Clowney hasn't lived up to being a first round pick. But you put him opposite Nick Bosa where he doesn't have to be that guy, and he's a pretty good second end. I still think Randy Gregory's a better pass rusher than Chase. I do too. Yeah. But it's it's still like the only thing San Fran doesn't have are defensive backs and depth. Mm-hmm. But even it, with a full um that defense hasn't been great. As as much talent as they have. Very no, because they guys. because their defensive backs are terrible. They have it's they it's have for one, different reasons. One of them made an all pro. I forgot his name. Was it uh Ward? Did Ward Did make, he make an all pro team? Um, I think so. One of one of their secondary made it. And obviously Fred Warner is the real deal. Fred yes. Warner and Greenlaw. That's the best combo in the league. That's the best. Close. They're, the next closest would probably be Baltimore's. Yeah, Raquan and Patrick. Yep. Um, but Fred Warner's a beast. Uh, Greenlaw's. It's kind of like what they had Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman. Very similar yeah. in the sense that Greenlaw doesn't get as much credit as he should because he's living under Fred Warner's shadow, kind of like uh, Bowman was under Patrick Willis. But very, very good linebackers, which are going to give the Packers issues but yeah jordan love the streak that he is on right now and he gets overshadowed because he's not technically a rookie even though for all intents and purposes this is his rookie year he got a chance to sit behind a, a hall of famer for three years and he had a yeah, he's start. not a he i i hate I, I hate when people do that he's been in an nfl system getting nfl reps in yes. nfl film room right for three years he's not a rookie and I'm not saying you do this, but people are like, he should win rookie of the year. No, he's not no, a rookie. No. He's not they're, a rookie. They're doing that in NBA with, with Chet Holmgren. Yes. He, yeah, I don't I don't like You're that. not a rookie. You're not a rookie. Um, you have an advantage over the other rookies, the true rookies that are come out that year. But um yeah, Jordan Love and those bevy of young receivers, Romeo Dobbs, uh Jalen, um, out of Michigan Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed. Jalen Reed. Uh, Jaden. Is it Jaden or Jalen? I think it's Jaden. Jaden Reed. Um, and there's another rookie. I forgot his name. They got Christian Watson, who was supposed to be the, their big play guy, but he's kind of like their fourth receiver now. And he looks got, like a tight end now. Yeah. And then they got Luke Musgrave, a good a good tight end who's had some, some good moments. And so Green Bay has a lot of talent. They're going to be good for a while. And I think – there's an outside chance they can make this a game. I think San Fran ultimately wins and makes it to the NFC Championship. But I think they definitely covered the nine and a half. And I think it's a good yeah, game. Yeah, I think they'll cover the nine and a half. I think the over will hit. I think it was 45 and a half, maybe 44 oh, yeah. and a half. Yep. I think the over hits. I'd have to check. I'd have to double check that. But I think the over hits there. Um, Detroit, Tampa. So we picked the games last week and we laid eggs except for the but because we agreed on all of them except for the Tampa and Eagles one and I took Tampa. You took that Tampa. Eagles team. That Eagles team it, it had nothing to do with how Tampa has played or has been playing. The Eagles are just a mess. They're a mess. Dude, and it, it was just a dumpster fire. Nobody the collapse that they had. I don't know if unprecedented is a word, but it's damn close. Like they, it was rare 
to see a team off a Super Bowl loss start, start out, out so hot. Start out ten and one, right, and only win eleven games total for the year. Ooh. Um, and and then people thought get, they were going to run away with that division. Get demolished. Yeah, it wasn't close. Demolished. Didn't score a, a second half point. Barely got in to the playoffs. Didn't score a touchdown. Didn't score right. a second half point. Just ugh. Yeah. Ugh. But got to give Baker and crew credit. Um, I was talking about this earlier. We talked about the quarterbacks that Pittsburgh might have a shot at. Uh, Baker's going to be a free agent this year. I don't think there's any possible way Tampa lets him go. No way. No, no. They'll at least give him a two or three year deal. He, um, he has earned it. Um, and as far as there are intangibles that quarterbacks have, we talk about Kenny Pickett and his leadership qualities and whatnot. Nobody like that you can feel so tangently through the TV screen has that leadership, that that moxie, that that gravitational force that Baker seems to have, and he's for a, whatever team that he plays for. Like Baker's just a guy. Like he's he's that guy that would party all night at the frat house and just like he's just. I guess charismatic, and it oozes but through. It, it's, it comes across as very genuine. Like I used to get, like, yeah. I hated seeing all those damn progressive commercials for Cleveland. <laughs> he hadn't won a damn thing, and he was on TV constantly. But he was great in those commercials. They were funny. They were very yeah. funny. But um, well, it's like somebody being drafted first overall or in the first round when they have no business being. Are you going to say no and turn down the money? They're coming to you to do this stuff. No, I get it. I get why you don't. You don't I say no. Hate, I just hated seeing them. But it's a, uh, it's. I, I we talked to Aditi about it, and I think it's understated. People don't realize how much. I was okay with the Browns moving on from Baker because I didn't think he was going to win Cleveland a Super Bowl. And I've said this to you a number of times. I think Baker was the right guy for where we were at, but wasn't the right guy for where we were going. Where we were at coming off 0-16 and, and all of that garbage, you needed somebody that was just his temperament. Like, I got a chip on my shoulder. I'm going to prove you wrong, yada, yada, yada. And the problem with Baker is Baker's not a good front runner, so to speak. He he thrives in being ahead and stuff, but when it then becomes expected, when the expectations get there, is when he falters. Yeah. So at the end of the Tampa Bay season, he, they were hot. They had got back into it. Yep. Last two games, he laid eggs. And they, they Baker is, and Baker is one of those, when you look at his stats in a vacuum, it looks like a really good season. And it was for him. He earned, like you said, he earned his paycheck that he's going to get. And it was a really good season for him. But having seen this for four years, the stats are misconstrued because the highs are so high. Yeah. He's going to go three or four games with putting together 80% completion percentage and two touchdowns, no picks, three touchdowns, no picks. And then he's going to do two or three games in a row where it's 14 of 33 for 130 yards and no touchdowns in one pick and sacked four times because he held onto the ball too long. Like mm-hmm. there's, there's zero. And that's, that was the problem in Cleveland is 
you didn't know which Baker you were going to get week to week. Right. When it came to the team needing to take the next step, there were a lot of things that I think he was scapegoated for, wasn't put in a position to succeed with what Stefanski was doing with him while in Cleveland. But the ultimate, what it came down to, while I, why I was okay with Cleveland moving on from him, was because he wasn't the right guy to take the next step. Now, I didn't believe Deshaun was going to be either, and thus far has proven out to be more of a disaster than it was worth. But I understood the thought process of ownership and management. Thank you for your time. You dug us out of the depths of hell of our quarterback situation. You stabilize the franchise, but it's best for both parties that we find the guy to take us to the next step and you go find out what's best for you in this world. And it's business, and that's just what it is. But it's almost like you start a business, and you're a one-man show, and your business is blown up, but you just can't do it on your own anymore, so you have to bring in a CEO to help run the business. That's where the Browns are at now. they got to bring in those guys that are going to take, you know, just making the playoffs isn't good enough anymore. And Baker was that guy who was, the ceiling was just making the playoffs, maybe winning a playoff game. Just no matter what, this conversation keeps on coming back to the Browns. It you just, did this, man. <laughs> you did this. I just said Baker. You just went into a whole little dissertation about the Browns and the CEO of this. And I got a lot to say. Of, I, know. I, I, I know. I let you get yours out during all the Steelers talk and Tomlin this press conference early. You deserve this. You deserve so, this. It's still I, a fresh wound. It's just interesting. I'm watching you talk and everything's – when it comes to Baker, anything Browns related, it comes back, and I get it. I get it. It's got to. It's yeah. got to. But I don't think that they'll win this week in Detroit. Yeah, I do think Detroit wins. Um, and then the late game, the uh, the game with the quarterbacks that the NFL loves to hype up against. They want to make them the next. Patty Mahomes' game. first road game. Yeah, Patty Mahomes versus road game. Kansas City versus Miami last week looked like they figured out something offensively, something that they could work with. Well, they let's, know they preface have a this, let's preface this by saying that if Philly wouldn't have had such a historic collapse, Miami would be being talked about right now just like Philly because their collapse was god-awful too. Yeah, it was, it was bad too. It was really, really bad. Uh, once people got used – and saw the Mike McDaniel offense enough times. Like their their second half of the season was not impressive. No, like they put up they hung seventy on Denver. Once Tyreek got hurt, and everybody was talking about him. But their second half of the season, like it was a, a steady decline. But Phillies was such a massive uh, decline that Miami's got overlooked. But Kansas City came in, and Miami dealt with losing their best. DNs like in back to back weeks. They lost Bradley Chubb, who shouldn't have been in the game in the first place to an ACL. And they had already lost Jalen Phillips like the week before. And so they had no kind of pass rush whatsoever. It's not an excuse. That's just what happens in the NFL. Their offense sucked. So the defensive ends not being there had nothing to do with their offense not producing the last few weeks. But uh, Mahomes and their offense looked like they saw something. Rasheed Rice is turning into a number one receiver. Kelsey was dropping passes left and right in that game. Um, He's been doing that all season. Yeah, this has not been his best season. And so it's not going to be any easier in Buffalo where the temperatures are going to be cold. Not as cold as they were in this Pittsburgh game, but they're going to be Always comes back to the Steelers. 
Every time we talk about a team, it's got to come back to it's got to come back to talking about your Steelers game. I only said one word. I didn't. Because <laughs> you got it out earlier. Yeah. We don't. Um, we don't got to qualify it by saying it's not going to be as cold as the Steelers had to deal with. Yeah. I mean, yes, we do. If any, it's not going to be as cold <laughs> as the game they played this week. Is that better? Is that <laughs> the game they played earlier in the week? Uh, but yeah. So they have. A cold game again. Kansas City, it's, it's not going to bother them. Um, be playing in the cold, and I think they figured out something. Like they got to go as that defense goes. They got to hand the ball to Pacheco, and when big plays come, they got to take advantage of them. But for the most part, I think Mahomes has adjusted the fact that he does not have an explosive offense, and that kind of reminds me of when Brady won a Super Bowl handing the ball off. Uh, well, when they had Corey Dillon and. Uh, Oh no! The, the year not Corey Dillon when they had Legarius Blunt. Uh, yeah, Legarius Blunt and uh, Danny Woodhead. <laughs> Danny Woodhead, yeah, James White, like all those guys. Stephen Steve Bolden. I um, I agree with you about Mahomes. The question is, will Andy Reid accept that? Because we know Andy Reid and his propensity to call pass plays. Yeah, we saw it all the time in Philly. And when I look at this game, I'll be honest, I think the team that wins this game will be whichever coach doesn't lose it for them. Yeah. Will will Buffalo's game plan – because one of those two coaches is going to try to base the game around their quarterback and let their quarterback play hero ball. And I think whichever one does that loses because both teams are better off um, featuring a game plan that features the run the um having a game plan that features the run game first not the pass well, game well we both know who's more prone to try to put everything on their own shoulders um that Josh Allen is Josh Allen is more Josh prone Allen is but I don't think that's a coaching the, thing that happens with him but what I think but what, are what Josh Allen and what Josh Allen can also do is run the ball himself so can Mahomes and, but he it's it's not QB power. It's Mahomes is in a scramble. It was a pass play. I'm going to run because it's there. So every now and again, they'll call up. They don't call nearly as many designed quarterback runs for Allen. But yes, like when he ran for that 52 yarder versus the team he played earlier this week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're going back to that now. This Uh, is we're going to keep going back to that. Let me just go. Let me just go ahead and clear it up for. Let me just go ahead and clear it up for your Steeler Nation. It wasn't a fake slide. That, no, wasn't that wasn't a fake a, that slide. Was a, that was him it bracing was, for the hit that didn't come. It was him bracing for the hit, and like, you've talked about the field there. It's slick, so he was he was chopping his feet to slow down and look which way to go, yeah, and then everybody – it wasn't a fake slide. I so all the, in the, in the yeah. – Oh, there's been a ton of Steelers fans all week long talking about Josh Allen's fake slide. We got to stop this stuff, and we got to get this out of the game, and blah, which is ironic given who no, your quarterback dude, gotta, is. I don't even – nope. I'm not, I'm not going down that rabbit hole. Because it just pisses me <laughs> off. We got to just tackle. Damn it. We got to tackle you. his ass. Like, there's you. no excuse. Like, that that play looked nothing like the one that Miles Jack got called for a penalty, even though it wasn't a penalty. Uh, remember remember your pressure points. Remember Usa. <laughs> but Usa. let's get back to the issue at hand, and that's Josh Allen versus Mahomes. <laughs> I agree with you. They'll call more called runs for Josh They'll Allen, call, though. Yeah, but there'll only be a couple. Like, they they're both great at they'll have eight to ten. and picking they'll up. They'll have eight to ten. Yeah, 
eight to ten. Josh Allen has, yeah, he'll have yeah, he'll have eight to ten called run plays. No, no. He'll have like two or three. Like design run plays for him. Yeah. No, nah, I think he'll I have, think like he'll two have eight. three and then he'll run and improvise three or four more times. And but, they'll utilize RPO more too, which then turns into runs for Josh Allen for whatever reason. Yeah. But Mahomes, and that's that but that's what I mean. That's what I mean about the, the game plan being it's whichever team because Kansas City, more so than I like James Cook, but if you do decide I'm going to turn around and hand the ball to Pacheco, and Kansas City's got the better defense too. They have a better defense than Buffalo. They do. If if you decide we're going to run the ball first and throw off the run, you can still have Mahomes throw the ball 25 to 30 times, but establish the run game first. Come out right. featuring the run game and yeah. then build off of that. Right. I agree. Uh, at the end of the day, I think Kansas City wins this game. I think they go to their fifth straight AFC championship. Is it five straight? I think yeah. Mahomes is going to be that dude that just goes to the AFC championship game like every single year. He's Donovan McNabb. That good. Uh, but he's won a couple. He's won a couple. I think the Bills win. You think the Bills win at home? Okay. I think the Bills win. I think the Bills win that one. We've got a um, couple. Uh, we've given you a couple bets to take. Take the points on the underdogs. Yes. Take a uh, take a little two twenty five plus passing yard parlay for Baker and um, CJ Stroud because I think they'll both be behind, so they'll hit. They'll oh, hit those. I got one parlay for you that I want to tell to the people. That I think is almost a guarantee to hit. And it pays pretty sizable. Um, oh, I like to hear that. That means it's not going to hit. Go on. Saturday, Zay Flowers over 50 yards. Okay. Lamar Jackson over 225 and a half. Passing? Passing, yes. Okay. On Sunday, this is all the same parlay. So it's a multi-game, same-game parlay. Um, Tampa, Mike Evans, 70 plus Trey Palmer, 25 plus receiving yards for both of them. Let me go ahead and we're going to lock these in. I I wear many hats. One of which is being Trey's bookie. There we go. And then the late game on Sunday, Pacheco over 18 and a half yards receiving that's the one of all these that I'm about to give you. That's the one that's the toughest one. But then the next one is Josh Allen, 43 and a half. That parlay pays plus 38.11 as of right now. $10 would get you $381. It's a nice day. That's a nice By day. By the way, shout out CD Lamb for hitting that the last catch last weekend. Turned a bad weekend into a good one. And uh Shout out to Burt Kreischer today for getting the weekend started for us. Getting the weekend started, man. It's let's, a glorious uh, day already. Let's chat later. I'll talk to you later. We'll uh, follow up on these picks and get our wagers in, man. Sounds like a plan, my man. Ooh.